everybody. Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I am your co-host today, Kevin, back with our special guest, co-host for this week, author, horror author, R. Jacob Honeybrook, a.k.a. Roy. Welcome back, my friend. Hey, what's up, Kevin? Thanks for having me back, man. Of course, man. We're uh, It's funny doing these uh, doubleheader recording sessions because I'm saying welcome back and I just talked to you on another episode, <laughs> but people are hearing it in separate, separate increments. <laughs> right too long but uh no man we're you're our special guest this week uh doing a twofer and uh both these episodes are coming out in the same day so people can get uh you know a lot more a lot more in-depth discussion with you on our on our show always one of our favorite people one of our favorite guests you and i talk basically every day about music and (laughs) have been horror movies at this point so uh definitely i consider you one of my good friends so i'm always excited to have you on here same brother i'm always happy to come back and do this i love doing the podcasts and i love your music recommendations that's pretty much all i've been listening to i hope you're continuing to mosh to dying wish in your office (laughs) yes i am yes the furniture doesn't like it but i do it's all good it can deal with it but uh (laughs) we're back with another episode um very different to its counterpart that we just recorded before this that's coming out on the same day Right before this, we recorded an episode on 2006's The Hills Have Eyes. And now we're back to dive into the 80s with Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. This was uh, your pick. I threw out Hills Have Eyes when we decided we were going to do this double recording session. And you threw out Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. This is actually our first uh, Friday the 13th film on the podcast, actually. Wow, that's surprising. You guys have been doing this almost 50 episodes and haven't talked about one of the OGs. No, we, we've we mentioned it a few times. Um, Friday the 13th, for me, feels like an old friend because when I was getting into horror, you know, I said on our first episode that the 1990 version of It was big for me. That's my favorite horror movie of all time, and that's what broke down the walls. The 2004 Grudge. We talked a lot about the 2000s on that and the 90s, but... Around around the time of me getting into horror, I also discovered the 80s slashers, so the original Nightmare on Elm Street, um, going back farther, the original Halloween, uh, and Friday the 13th was one of my earliest loves in, uh, in getting into horror, so um, I'm super excited to dive into this. Uh, where did you get your start with the Friday the 13th franchise? Yeah, so with the franchise... I think I brought it up the first time I was on your guys' show, but our dad would always just let us watch all these crazy horror movies as a kid. And the one I always remember, I don't know, you know, I was like four or five, I don't remember which specific movie it was, but I just remember, you know, Jason going around the woods, killing the counselors in their cabins, and that just always <laughs> stuck with me. I, I would randomly you might have to. Like, you might have to narrow down which one you're talking about. That happens. Right? That happens well, a, a lot. Guy in a hockey mask. There's some woods. <laughs> there's some teenagers um, that die. It's like, yeah, um, yeah, that happens but, in at least one or two of them. A couple, a couple. <laughs> but uh, I just always remember like thinking about it at like random occasions, like sporting events or birthday yeah. parties. I'd be like, oh my god, there's there's people got killed by Jason. <laughs> it would just freak me out. So, me and Friday the Thirteenth certainly go back a long way that's awesome i would love to know what people at the sporting events and parties that you were at were were wondering what was going on what they were thinking was going on in your head when you're scared in the corner thinking about jason Voorhees. 
I just look like uh, Danny Torrance drawling and freaked <laughs> out. You're Don't just worry like, about him. He's fun. You're just like, red rum, red rum. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Voorhees. There we go. Yeah. Um, le- le- again, likewise, like Friday the 13th, I know it always gets labeled as the knockoff of Halloween and just kind of the lesser horror slasher franchise when it comes to the 80s slasher icons, like with Michael Myers and and Freddy Krueger, like Jason always seems to be the one. Now there's a lot of Jason's fan, Jason fans, but people seem to leave him in the dirt a lot. Um, which is a bummer because this franchise is so much fun. <laughs> like, you know, I get that it's a little repetitive, but like the Jason movies are so much fun. And I, I just flip right back to being like 11 or 12 watching the very first Friday the 13th movie. Um, the thing that hooked me was the ending scene of that first one where, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I knew of a killer with a hockey mask, but you watch the first one. It's not Jason. It's Pamela Voorhees, but you got the great jump scare at the end where Jason jumps out of the water and, uh, pulls the counselor down into the water. And that scene just stuck with me. And I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta watch some of these Friday the 13th movies. Like I was just fascinated by it. And yeah, I'll... I I found some of them on on demand. I think the first one I watched from front to back was part six. Okay, which is uh, Jason Lives. Okay, that's the one after the guy that's not Jason. I think yes. that was part five. Yep, and funny enough, <laughs> uh, that's actually my favorite in the franchise is part five, where it's <laughs> where it's not Jason. Oh, nice. Uh. I mean, Jason's that, Jason's that in damn there. Yeah, Jason. <laughs> I forgot about that. I love Joey so much. <laughs> no, I think I just I like when the Friday the Thirteenth movies get so absurd, like the one we're going to talk about today does. And Part Five like embodies that. So mm-hmm. I think that's why that that one's my favorite. But Jason, uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Five Part that. Friday the 13th, part five, new beginnings up there. Part two is up there for me. Um, There aren't many Friday the 13th movies that I, like, dislike. Um, I would say the only one that comes to my mind that I'm not the biggest fan of would be Jason Goes to Hell. (laughs) (laughs) See, and that, I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it came out around the time I was growing up. Sure. Um that's just the one I'm probably, I've probably seen the most just because okay. I've seen it. Um, well, aside from this one, this is easily the one I've seen the most, but I just remember being a kid and I think the title too, you know, when you're like 10 or 11 and it's like, <laughs> Jason goes to hell, that's going to be crazy. Yep. And uh, isn't that one where he's like possessing people or like the yeah. worm isn't infecting people. It's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's absurd. Um, I recently, got to see part four, the final chapter in the theaters back in January on Friday the 13th, which was, uh, <laughs> which was a very cool little time capsule. Um, it was hosted by For a sure. local, a local theater here called Terrace theater. Um, and they teamed up with, uh, a, uh, like a record store slash collectible store called Terravision and Graveface recordings. Um, okay. and so Graveface and Terravision came out and brought like all these old, like, reissued cassette tapes that they have for people to collect and then they screen a movie to like partner up in that way and they do that every month and i have gone to three of those so i did friday the 13th which i actually bought um oh where is it 
I actually have sitting right here the cassette tape that I bought of Jason Takes Manhattan's uh, score. <laughs> so I Dude, bought awesome. I bought that from that event. Um, I went to their My Bloody Valentine screening in February, and then just last month or earlier this month in May, I went to a screening of Army of Darkness. Mm, and nice. uh yeah dude seeing friday the 13th the final chapter in a theater with a crowd like it was a, a very well attended event and uh mm-hmm. it was like a little time capsule people were laughing hysterically at the acting and, <laughs> and like you know shocked <laughs> when the kills come up i loved it so massive oh, that'd be a great time yep so massive shout out to terrace theater and uh terror vision and grave face i love all three of those uh those businesses can't say enough good things about them. Please go support them, go to a movie, go purchase stuff from them, visit their stores. Um, and yeah, love them to death. So please go support them. Uh, Roy. So you picked Jason takes Manhattan as our movie pick for this episode. Um, I don't think we, <laughs> I don't know if we can do a, like a straightforward plot summary on this. Cause it's in the title. <laughs> right. It's, it's all right there for you. But a very mi- New York. but a very misleading title because we are not in New York for a large chunk of this movie. <laughs> we uh, we spend most of this movie on a boat going to New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we were talking before we started, um, I remember having a lot of fun with this movie the times I've seen it, but for whatever reason this time I was just not feeling the boat part. Like, yeah. it, it felt like it dragged on just a, a little bit too long this time. Well, it almost feels like two different movies that were kind of merged into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to say, like, so maybe five years ago, I bought the entire Blu-ray collection of the Friday the 13th movies. And I watched them all from front to back from the very first one all the way to 2009's remake um, mm-hmm. in like over the span of, of a few weeks. Um and when I started getting into the franchise, I saw one, two, five, and six, and then like the remake when it came out, uh, and then Freddy versus Jason, which I guess technically you could count as an intro or a, an entry into the franchise, um, which is a fantastic movie. Love <laughs> uh, that one. It's like a kung fu movie, but with Freddy and Jason. Well, yeah, it's like all the old uh, Universal ones when they would do like Dracula versus the Wolfman, and just like on ecstasy (laughs) yep (laughs) fantastic um and but this was one i never saw and when i when i went through the franchise in like 2018 um this was my first time seeing it back then and uh this was not one of my favorites back then uh i don't i think i started watching it too late into the evening and i'm like what the hell were they thinking making this an hour and 40 minutes long yeah, it's definitely one of the longer Friday the 13th, and I don't think that it really needs to be. It does not. Um, now, rewatching it, knowing what I was getting into, because I just rewatched this before we jumped on to record, I enjoyed it a lot more. Um, yeah. I'd have to revisit the franchise again to see where it falls for me in terms of the rest of the movies, but I actually got a lot of enjoyment out of it this time, and it actually flew by a little more, but it does feel like two different movies just kind of smushed into one. Yeah. And, um, it has an interesting development. So the guy who wrote it was actually the writer of the Friday the 13th 
TV series, which I never saw, but apparently it had nothing to do with Jason. Yeah, I think um, it, I think it had more to do with like superstition on Friday the Thirteenth, as opposed okay. to like a like a slasher. Gotcha. So one of the writers from there was going or got hired to make this uh, Friday the 13th movie. And both he and the production company wanted to move it out of Crystal Lake because, you know, Jason killing people at Crystal Lake, that's been done seven times already. Let's switch it up. So his one idea was to get a boat and have Jason, uh, you know, going crazy on a boat. And then his other idea that really took off uh, with production was him in Manhattan and having like <laughs> having chase scenes on the Brooklyn Bridge or the famous boxing scene in this was supposed to take place in Madison Square Gardens. Uh, the only problem was they only had five million dollars to work with, so they could only shoot in New York for like two nights. Oh, jeez. So yeah. So you kind of see that <clears throat> they had this vision to do him running wild in New York, but then they kind of fell back on the initial idea of him on the boat. So when, when I heard that, I was like, well, that makes total sense. Like, hey, let's do this grand project. Oh, shit, we don't have any money. <laughs> Go to plan B. <laughs> Which is kind of shocking because Friday the 13th was fairly profitable, you know, for, for being kind of the fallback slasher series for a lot of people. I mean, they were pumping these out. I think they put out, this was 89, so they put out eight Friday the 13th movies in in the 80s yeah i think they were every year except for like 83 and 87 yeah and um i think they would usually gross like 20 million dollars and i think they made them for like three or four million so they were making a huge profit on these things mm -hmm. and i think i think by this point in the franchise they were kind of starting to go down in terms of like how much these movies were grossing at the box office because at this point in time, in 89, the slasher genre was kind of on its way out the door. And mm -hmm. it was going to be in the trash until Scream brought it back in 96. Um, yeah. So this was one of the later ones in their attempt to kind of keep going. And, you know, obviously there were Nightmare on Elm Street movies coming out. There were Halloween movies coming out in the 80s. All, albeit those were more scattered in their releases. Um. <laughs> It was a weird time for the slasher genre. Mm -hmm. You know, Nightmare on Elm Street had kind of jumped the shark and become a self-parody. Halloween was just, <laughs> I don't even know. It was weird and kind of boring, if I remember correctly. And then Friday the 13th was just kind of, well, <laughs> yeah. it was this. <laughs> yeah, if you all things consider, and I love the Halloween franchise, that's probably right there with Friday the 13th as my favorite of the slasher classic horror franchises. Mm -hmm. um, but there's some duds in <laughs> in the Halloween yeah. franchise. All things considered, the Friday the 13th series might be the most consistent of those series. Yeah, that that's true. It might be. And um, I remember I liked, I liked all the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Mm -hmm. You know, they vary in quality. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, I don't remember having a negative time with them. I always had fun with those Nightmare on Elm Street films. As oh, yeah. crazy as Absolutely. I think that's what helps Nightmare on Elm Street is that it's so absurd with the dream sequences that it's just like you get something new every every time. And I know that's people's big gripe with the Jason movies is that it's like, oh, he just stabs people over and over again. I'm like, yeah, but they they keep it creative, as we'll talk about with some of the kills <laughs> in Jason yeah. Takes Manhattan. Uh, so we'll dive on in. Um, 
you know, diving into Jason Takes Manhattan again, we talked about this on Hills Have Eyes. Very different opening scene, but again, I love these opening uh, these opening credits with shots of uh, New York and this 80s power ballad song. Yeah, it's, uh, what is it, The Darkest Side of the Night by Metropolis. Yep, and I... it's literally about surviving in a, like, in a city, basically. Yeah, and, like, growing up in the early 90s, like, all the media I consumed was from the 80s and so much of what took place in New York, like Ninja Turtles and yep. all that stuff. So just seeing the clips of New York in the 1980s, it's, like, has a huge nostalgia feel to me. Oh, for sure. Seeing the style then and the music and just the feel of it just took me right back. So how excited were you when there was a giant Batman sign in the middle of like oh, Times Square? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Times Square, man, that 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 thing was so cool. That's uh, man, one of the all-time classics. Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Like, oh, forget I was about Michael s- Batman. Oh yeah, and I was gonna say it's that Batman logo too. If I'm if I'm remembering mm-hmm. correctly, it's the Batman '89 logo. Uh, or at least as close as they could get to it. I don't know how the hell they got the rights to do that, but, <laughs> uh, well, I think they just shot down Times square and that was actually there. Like if you look up pictures of New York city in 89, you'll see that the Batman logo was right in the center of Times square. All right. That makes sense. Uh, which one of the best Batman movies, that original 89 one, love it. <laughs> that Batman returns, man. We always watch those kids. There you go. Uh, so yeah, great. I love that their portrayal of New York right out of the gate is, well, there's um, there's buildings, there's smoke rolling through the cities, there's muggings, <laughs> and there's punks just sitting around talking with New York accents. I was like, I love all the I love all the punk and metal guys in this. Like, yep. There's so many extras that just have long hair and leather. Yeah, so like they're like, let's show people New York. So there's people getting mugged in an alley, and there's dudes shooting up like heroin into their into their arms. Well, if you've ever been to New York, that's not too far off. <laughs> that's so funny. I was cracking up when they're like, "This is what New York is r- like, right?" <laughs> um, typical Friday the Thirteenth movie. There are just boobs right out of the gate. We cut to a couple on a boat about to have sex. Uh, this. Ca- <laughs> I know that this is what people were there for in the 80s, but damn, this camera lingers on the uh, <laughs> this girl stripping. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think that's one of the appeal to the Friday the 13th movies where, you know, Nightmare was more of, of like that dreamscape weirdness. Mm-hmm. Halloween was more like the serious, you know, this is a serial killer guy. Dude, Friday the 13th was just sleaze. Like you're going to get tits and yep. violence. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, believe it or not, there is only one Friday the 13th movie that does not have any nudity in it, and it is part six. Wow. I'm surprised it's just, I'm surprised there's just, even one that doesn't have Just that. the one. There are no boobs or nudity in uh, part six, which is very funny. Well, what the hell? That's not a real Friday the 13th. <laughs> it's, well, that one became something of a parody. That's the one where it opens with uh, Jason doing a James Bond opening and slashing at the... <gasps> Yeah, I know exactly. What you're Slashing about. at the camera and doing like the 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 Bond like bleeding style where he would shoot down the barrel. Yep, I think he ha- hacks with the machete or throws it or something. Yep, there's people breaking the fourth wall in that one. There's like a guy digging a grave and looks directly at the camera and goes, "Some of y'all have a sixth sense of humor." <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so 
yeah, so boobs right out of the gate. We get some fantastic 80s acting with this boyfriend. I crack up every time every single person in the Friday the 13th franchise that says this story, that tells this story to people, they they go from super goofy to super serious. It's like, hey, man, what's going on? Well, let me tell you this creepy story. <laughs> it's like, jeez, man, your acting like just gets flipped on its head. They can turn it on like a light switch. And he, this guy tells the backstory of Jason. Um, I'm not sure why eight movies in, they still need to tell us the backstory. <laughs> like, yeah, you'd think by now people would know. Could you imagine being that person that walked into the theater like, well, I've never seen the other seven, but I'll watch part eight. <laughs> well, now you're up to speed. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so they give you a background on Jason. Jason gets resurrected because the anchor of their boat hooks onto an electrical wire under the water. <laughs> and I thought I thought that was a pretty cool shot, though, of like all the lightning coming down and him getting electrocuted and rising back up. Oh, I for sure. No, it was very cool. I love that it was like a little Frankenstein moment. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I love the one dude's line. He tries to he tells the story, tries to scare his girlfriend by putting on a fake Jason mask, and then jumping out at her with like a one of those push in knives that sinks in when you stab someone. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh, not funny." And he's like, "I'm sorry." Or what did he say? He said, uh, "Where is it?" All right, all right. So I'm a major ass. <laughs> and that's literally how he talks, and it was cracking me up. And, of course, they get offed by Jason. They get stabbed with, um, like, a like a spear fishing gun. Yeah, like a harpoon, like a harpoon of a harpoon gun. And they're very calm about being killed. The one guy just leans up against the wall and is like, oh, oh, and then gets, <laughs> and then gets stabbed. She's hiding down in the deck, and then Jason sees her and just stares at her, and she's like, no, no, no! And, like, could you pick a worse hiding spot? Like, you're, you're on a boat, just jump in the water and start swimming, but you put yourself in this place where you can't really move. Yep. And then well, you get speared. Yep, and so slow, too. The spear goes so slow into her. <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, You know what I was wondering, too? It's supposed to be a fake Jason mask, yet it has the axe mark in it where he got an axe to the head in one of the earlier movies. That's true. That's very true. I did not notice so, that. Like, where'd this guy get, yeah. It's like, where'd this guy get Jason's mask from? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll go with it. I love uh gooey Jason too. In this movie. Yes. This is one of the best looking Jason's in the franchise. You know, I thought so too, when I was watching this, you know, he's supposed to be a kid that drowned on the lake. And after the last movie, he's been hanging down at the bottom of the lake. So I love how he's always like wet and slimy the mm-hmm. whole movie and his clothes are all ripped up. It's like, yeah, you can buy that this thing came from the lake, like almost like he's a lake monster or something. Yep. And I love that every time he walks, there's this like yeah. noise. Uh, yep. He also has his breathing in here, which sounds like a scuba diver every time it's on screen. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't remember Jason being that vocal, but all right. Uh, and it is, it is our boy Kane Hodder, probably the most famous of the Jason actors. You know, what surprised me is I thought Kane Hodder had been playing Jason for a long time Mm -hmm. before this, but 
I think part seven was the first time he'd actually played him. It was, uh, I forget all the other actors, but I know CJ Graham was part six and then Kane Hodder took over um, in seven, eight. I believe he was Jason and Jason goes to hell. Uh, and he was definitely in Jason X. Uh, and then by the time they got to uh, Freddy versus Jason, it was a different person. Okay. But yeah, he's definitely, I always think of when I think of Jason Voorhees. Oh, for sure. And so then we get to the opening on the boat where we're starting to meet all these high school students um, who are classic 80s teenagers where they're very obviously mid-20s or <laughs> or early 30s. That stuck out to me, too. It's like every show back then, a high school kid was played by like a 30-year-old. Yep, and 80s fashion is at its peak because so many people have huge perms. Um, and, uh, there's even a, probably my favorite character and I'm going to be honest, I do not remember all the names of all these people. So I'm just going to summarize them by their characteristics. The punk girl that is playing guitar in random parts on the boat. Oh yeah. She's got a badass (laughs) guitar too. She does. And, uh, she's like, let's go down and film a music video in the steam room. And it's like, all right, she so she's one of my one of my favorite characters in this thing. Yeah, I definitely liked her a lot too, man. Just coming from punk and metal, it's like, oh, cool, I like her, and a badass pink flying V. And funny enough, so I I wrote this note. I said, I love this guitar chick filming a music video on the ship. So random. And then a few seconds later, I wrote, well, she didn't last long. Death by getting whacked with a guitar. <laughs> I think that's the perfect character bio for Yeah, no, she literally is there to play guitar in two parts on the boat and be filmed by the nerdy guy and then just gets whacked with a guitar and that's her death scene. <laughs> I, what'd you think of that death scene? I thought it was I thought it was cool that they used the guitar, but I would have liked to have seen more on camera other than just like the blood splatter. Yeah, um they cut away a good bit. Their budget definitely shows in here. Um, someone, I think it's a worker in the sewer later gets, gets whacked over the head with a wrench and it's just a shadow on the wall. Uh, yeah, their budget was showing in here, but overall I I thought it was a fun, like little death scene in there. Mm -hmm. Um, so what that was, it was, uh, what was it? The MPAA, the movie association. Uh, yes. If you look up, uh, some of like the cut scenes, they're, they were a lot more graphic and that that's for a lot of the Friday the 13th, but they actually had to cut a lot out. Um, Tom Savini, he was the one doing all the special effects and a lot of his work isn't shown just because if it would come out the way they intended, it would have been NC 17. Sure. Well, they, uh, they definitely cut away from the one boxer guy who gets a, a steaming rock into his chest. Oh yeah. That would suck. That was probably the most gruesome death to me that it's just like oh that's awful yeah yeah i mean you got a rock that's on fire and then a big dude just caving it into your chest that's definitely that's probably that's probably the most brutal kill i think in this one i i think so probably the worst death scene is someone is up (laughs) in the captain's den like above like where they're steering the ship 
and they're like looking out the window and then you see a shot from outside the window. Jason comes up the stairs and just like stabs them in the hip or something with like a little, like a spear. <laughs> and I'm not, I was, crack- I, I, know exactly what I was about. cracking up because the reaction to being stabbed was so underwhelming. We're like, he just bends to the side and is like, Oh, and it's like, <laughs> dude, come on people. You can't be this calm when you're getting killed. Ouch, come on, guy. Ow, that hurt. <laughs> um, let's see. What I the one uh the one like mean girl on the ship who is like, I'm the prom queen, the teachers will never flunk me. I can get away with whatever. Uh her seducing the teacher is like one of the funniest scenes in the movie to me. Because, yeah, the biology project. Because he's like, you're not leaving the boat until you finish your biology project. And her way of getting around that is to write, like, draw body parts on herself and try to seduce him. <laughs> right. And I was cracking up because she wrote stomach on top of her stomach, but then drew an arrow down so it looked like it was pointing to her crotch. <laughs> I did see that. And I also saw the heart thing on her chest with the arrow to her heart. Yeah. It's like, you need to actually study some of your biology because these are not in the right place. Come on, Drew, we're going to get an F. <laughs> I thought it was funny, too, when her and her friend were watching uh, the, the boxing match. And she's like, I think it's time for some recreational activities. And I was like, oh, they're going to pull out marijuana. And then she pulls out cocaine. <laughs> I know. I was not expecting that, actually. And, the, I mean, they don't show you s- – s- I don't think they show them snort it, but they show them like cutting the lines and, you know, like talking about doing it. Uh, I love when um, the one main girl comes in looking for her dog and like they just have look like a deer in the headlights and they're like, oh, no, you maybe want to hit <laughs> just casually offering up. cocaine. I mean, right. I guess it was the 80s. You know, everyone was on cocaine. Well, I love how like the teacher when he does catch him is like, are you ladies doing drugs? What? No, we're not doing drugs. We're just exploring the ship. There's cocaine on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) That's a dead giveaway. Yeah. And he's just like, just cool with it. Whatever. Uh, she, how does she die? How does the mean girl get killed? Oh, dude. Uh, Jason slams her into the mirror a bunch of times. Oh, that's right. After ripping her towel off conveniently because she was just taking a shower. Wow. <laughs> you got to have that. Yep. And funny enough, uh, not a spoiler, but this scene actually makes a little cameo appearance in Scream 6. Oh, really? Because uh, there's someone watching, like, just they're in New York and they have something playing on the television. This scene of Jason shattering the mirror. Uh, and then going to grab a piece of glass to kill her with it or whatever is in Scream 6, which was a fun little ah. Easter egg in there. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, I mean, this is what we come to Friday the 13th movies for. They just It's just death scene after death scene after death scene. And when I watched this back in 2018, I remembered it being a lot slower. Uh, but it's pretty quick to get moving. Yeah, they don't waste a whole lot of time. Um, you know, they pretty much get on the boat and from there it's just kill, kill, kill. (laughs) Yep. And, uh, you know, so they keep, 
<clears throat> they keep going. More people are picked off. Uh, we will talk about the boxing star uh, <laughs> in my favorite kill in the movie because it's the funniest thing that I've seen in a Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> and the the teacher, the one teacher just decides that it's the ship hand that's like the killer. So he goes on a manhunt for him and it's going to like track him down with a flare gun. yeah and that 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 uh that that ship hand guy it's just like the whole time he's like the ship is cursed this voyage is cursed it's like well then why'd you sign up for it bro yeah i love that every harbinger in these movies knows that something's going wrong and i don't know how they know i have no idea how they know they got that sixth sense i guess man um and so he ends up getting killed because he got an axe in the back when they find him. Uh, <laughs> there's someone who climbs up uh, like the mast of the ship. And I got to talk about this for a second because this guy climbs up the mast and it takes him like 30 to 45 seconds to get up there. Jason has magical teleporting <laughs> powers in this because all of a sudden he is all the way up there and just yanks him off. <laughs> <laughs> Like we cut away from Jason, and then Jason is just there. It's uh, it's the magic of the lake, we'll say. Yep. <laughs> uh, which is funny. Have you ever heard of a movie called uh, Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon? No. It's a, it's um, it's like a kind of a scream esque movie where it's like something of a of a meta slasher found footage type movie it's hard to explain without giving it away but long story short it's about a guy named leslie vernon who in his world the classic slashers are real people so like jason michael (laughs) freddie you don't see them on screen but they refer to them like their friends like oh yeah mikey jay fred and he's like well i want to be the next great serial killer so he brings in a documentary film crew to uh film his journey to become the next great killer and there's a part where he's doing cardio and they're fil- they're filming him being like what are you doing cardio for you're gonna be a killer and he's like well i gotta keep my energy up because when you're when you're chasing people they get to run everywhere and i have to make it look like i'm walking everywhere <laughs> that's awesome and i love that premise too i'll have to check it out oh absolutely man it is so underrated and so funny yeah um yeah, so a lot of deaths. Uh, there was one scene that confused me when one person's getting attacked in the like the ballroom on the ship because they look around and Jason's in one corner and then they turn and all of a sudden he's in another mm-hmm. one. I'm like, are they seeing him in mirrors or what? Like, why is he <laughs> in like four places? I honestly don't have an answer to that one. Yeah, but no. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, she goes into like that 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 dance hall with like the lights in the floor and stuff yeah i guess i guess like you said he's got that teleportation yeah i guess so um so lots of deaths eventually the boat is gonna sink because jason (laughs) i love that jason is like smart enough to destroy the fire alarm and set off the alarm to lure people out and is going to sink the boat. And there's one death scene I did not expect. He throws the nerdy camera guy into like a control panel and the dude just bursts into flames. Yeah, that is so awesome. That was one of my <laughs> favorites on here too. 
And um, if you look whenever they pan back over him when he's on fire, it's so clearly a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. This, I got it. What is your favorite kill in this movie? Oh, I mean, it's got to be the boxing kill. The boxing that, scene? That's, a, that's classic Friday the 13th. Yeah. We'll, we'll jump ahead. Oh, yeah. Punches. Yep. We'll jump ahead for a second. So the ship sinks uh, because Jason sabotages stuff. And uh, there's one part that made me laugh because when they're on the life, the life raft going to New York, it is so clear that they are not on the water with the way it's being filmed <laughs> because they're sitting on this boat and it's a close up and there's just steam around them from the water, I guess. <laughs> And I'm like, this. they're so clearly just sitting still with the camera rocking back and forth that it's, like, hysterical to me. And you know what else, too? Like, okay, so you have Camp Crystal Lake, say it's near New York. I was thinking, like, okay, they're going to take, like, a riverboat up. But then they get caught in this storm, and there's, like, all kinds of waves. And I'm just like, are they on the ocean now? Like, <laughs> how is does Crystal Lake go to the ocean? Like, how the hell is this working? That's actually funny story. I heard this from another podcast. Someone actually brought that up. How the hell did you get from a lake to the open ocean going to New York? And apparently the filmmaker's response was, we were just hoping nobody noticed. <laughs> we like, we, we know we noticed that logistical error later and we just hope nobody would notice. Whoops. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, You'll just have to let that one go because we want we just want to yeah. we just want to get to Manhattan, right? So right, yeah. we get to Manhattan and again, stereotypical uh Manhattan, they just immediately get jumped and robbed and the girl is kidnapped by hoodlums. <laughs> yep. Immediately after they get off, they uh they take the girl, break her necklace, and uh take her to a back alley. <laughs> yep. And they inject her with heroin as well. Yeah, that's what I thought it was, but after that, she doesn't really act like somebody who's taking heroin. She's running around and everything. No, like, she right. she has one scene where she's like, my vision's blurry, I can't see. And then all of a sudden, it's just never brought up again. Right. Yeah, Jason <laughs> kills the two guys and she runs off. And it's like, eh, all right. Yep, which is, uh, I do love that scene where the one uh, punk tries to like shoot him a bunch of times. And then mm. Jason still just goes to town on him. Yeah, that is a badass scene. It's almost like he's a Terminator or something. Mm -hmm. They're just shooting him in the bullets and just having no effect. Like, total badass. I was going to say, man, this version of Manhattan is very, like, fantastical in a way. Because, again, there's, like, there's steam everywhere. There's just punks hanging out on the street, like, everywhere you go. Um, they definitely play it up to be more comical. Uh, but it's actually pretty entertaining the way they, like, it's so not how things are. I know that... You know, I'm sure there are areas up there that are not safe, but it, I guarantee it is not like, not like this, where every corner that you go to has someone that's going to rob you or kill you. Yeah, the times I've been there, it's it's not like that on every corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's definitely some sketchy parts, man. Like uh, whenever this one time we took a train from Manhattan, where it was all like bright lights, all this and that. And uh, we wanted to go see this band in the Bronx. And as soon as we got off the train, I just noticed just how dark everything was over there. I'm like, all right, we're not in Times Square anymore. 
Yep. Well, all you got to do to make the punks back off in New York is be Jason Voorhees and lift your mask up. That's all you got to do. <laughs> I love when they get mad because Jason knocks over their boom box. And then oh, they're, they're like, they're like, you fucked up, man. And then he just turns around, lifts his mask. And they're like, it's cool, bro. It's cool. Yeah, that's such a that's such a cool scene right in Times Square because the, the kids he's chasing run by the boombox and then he just walks through and kicks it right in the air. Yep. <laughs> Iconic moment, too, with him list, lifting the mask up. Probably one of the most well-known moments in the yeah. franchise. And that was actually one of the scenes <clears throat> I did shoot right there in Times Square. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, I do love earlier on when Jason climbs onto the shipyard deck where he's following them that he sees a billboard that has... Uh, his own mask on it and he just stares at it and turns his head turns his head in confusion i feel like there's a really good meme somewhere for that oh for sure and so you know we kind of get to the end uh this movie tries to implement way too much character development with the character of the the main uh the the final girl Mm -hmm. um what is her rennie is that her name I couldn't tell you. I knew the boxer. I knew the boxer was named Julius. Yeah, and oh, that's the that's the big thing is that uh, Julius is up on a rooftop fighting Jason because he's an undefeated boxer. Jason just lets him get all his shots in until he gets tired and then just sucker punches his head off. <laughs> and it just... I, I got I got mad respect for that dude too. Like uh, I, I was a boxer. I'd done martial arts all my life, so if I saw Jason Voorhees coming at me, I'd probably try to fight him too yep and it doesn't Uh, doesn't work and he's just like tired julius is tired and says give me your best shot and jason just sucker punches his head off and it flies off and lands in the trash can and then the dumpster closes (laughs) (laughs) and you know so they try to spend too much character development on our final girl being like she's been seeing jason everywhere and it's because of trauma that her uncle threw her into the water in crystal lake to to try to teach her to swim and Jason tried to pull her under and later on she's like you didn't get me back then and you're not going to get me now yeah they to me it just felt like they were trying to do too much way too late in the movie as mm-hmm. well like whenever we first see her and the teacher interact you don't really know their relationship and you never do until right before he dies yep <laughs> so it's just kind of like oh, alright well that guy was a dick and now he's dead Yep, and then um, with Jason too, like she, the whole time she's having visions of, of him and stuff, and I feel like had they put all of that more in the front end of the movie, it would have been a lot more coherent. Yeah, a lot more of a payoff. But we get down to the final confrontation in the sewer, and oh wait, the uh, the subway or not the subway, but the underground like sewer system in New York floods with toxic waste every night. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a fact. <laughs> and so they kind of trap Jason down there. She throws some toxic waste that she just conveniently finds um, into Jason's face, and it melts his face, you know, kind of down to where he can't really see. And they just wait for the toxic waste to roll into the sewers, and it, you know, he drowns in it. What did you think of uh, his face in this? I thought it looked pretty cool. He almost looks like uh, the Tar Man from Return of the Living Dead. I was going to say, I actually liked the face reveal in this one. I thought it was cool how he was like a decayed corpse. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I loved the fact that his, I love that his mouth moves like a, you know, like up and down when it's mouthing along to the young kid saying, 
uh, help me, help me. And it's, you know, the monster's face moving up and down. Uh, I liked it. I liked this, this practical effects. Yeah. And it, like, like we said at the beginning, it looked like he would be somebody who was, you know, decaying at the bottom of a lake. Mm -hmm. And, uh, have you seen the clips too? How they wanted to do the original ending with the child swimming out of the mouth of the giant Jason head. I heard about it. I have not seen it. It's it's pretty cool. You have to look it up. They they made like a huge version of that Jason face. That's awesome. And tried to have the kids swim out of the mouth. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, that's pretty much the end of the movie. Jason is uh, killed by toxic waste, and that's the end. Uh, I had it in my head, and I think another podcast made this as a joke, and I think I just inserted it into my memory of this movie. I thought for sure the movie either began or ended with them walking in New York and that's life playing in the background. That's life. Frank Sinatra. Yeah. I thought for sure that was somewhere in there, but I guess some other podcast made a joke about that. And I just assumed that it was in the movie cause I only saw it once. Gotcha. Well, Hey, that's a badass song in the Joker. That's true. And, uh, but no, they, they bring back the, uh, the opening song that we saw the eighties power ballad, which I'm fine with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a great song and, and sets the mood, the mood well. Yeah, I mean everybody's playing for second best behind Dream Warriors with uh, Doc in 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 Nightmare on Elm Street three Dream Warriors. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> great movie, great song. Yep. So, uh, but that's Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight: Jason Takes Manhattan. That was a quick, you know, quicker episode. There's not a whole lot to talk about with the Friday the Thirteenth movies. They're just dumb fun with a yeah. with a lot of kills. Uh, good pick, Roy. This was a fun one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely one of my favorites. It was, um, it was probably the first Friday the 13th I saw that I coherently remember and, and saw the whole awesome. way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, when I was a kid, I would watch all this stuff, but didn't really comprehend any sure. of it. Um, so I actually saw this on Showtime Beyond. They would, um, back in like the early 2000s, they'd have different segments. Like Friday, they would show a whole bunch of different anime and, Saturdays is always the horror night. So that was my reintroduction to all the classic slasher guys. And I remember seeing this on there and I was like, Jason takes Manhattan. That just sounds so crazy. I like, I have to see this. <laughs> it is a great title. Honestly, I must say. Yeah. It's almost like, um, almost like the parodies. Like if you see in the Simpsons or something like <laughs> God, Godzilla in Los Angeles or some mm -hmm. crazy like that. Um, just a, just a fun movie for sure. Um, the boat ride drags a little bit, but I, I think overall, if you watch it with like a group of friends or a buddy or something, like it's just a fun time. It's classic Friday Thirteenth. Lots of teenagers getting killed. Lots of boobs. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's got everything you need and more. Uh, no, this is a fun Friday the Thirteenth movie. I enjoyed this one a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, watch it by yourself for some entertainment. Watch it with a group of friends. It uh, it will not disappoint you. <laughs> and. Uh, so, yeah, that's our episode on uh, Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Roy, thank you so much again for, for joining me for these last couple episodes. These have been fun, and I uh, I can't wait to do more. You got it, man. I love coming on and hanging out, so thanks for having me. I'm, I'm you know, always open to the invitation, so don't be a stranger. Of course, man. Thank you so much. And uh, real quick, tell us where our listeners can find you on social media and uh, what to look out for. Come in from R. Jacob Honeybrook. 
Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. I'm very active over there. My handle is author underscore Honeybrook over at Instagram. There you can find a link to all my uh, all my books, short, short stories, things like that, all right in the bio. Um, coming down the pipe, I have a short story. Hopefully, we'll be out here in the next week or two. And then after that, I got a novella I'm working on that should be out here, hopefully, if not this summer, by the fall. So keep him busy. Fantastic. Well, everybody listening, I can't say it enough. Please go check out Roy's work. You will not be disappointed. All the stories are great. Can't wait to see what else he has coming out. And uh, yeah, thank you, Roy, for joining me on Midnight Terrors. This has been the Midnight Terrors podcast. Get in touch with us, Midnight Terrors podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back again very soon with more episodes. Thank you all for listening. This is the Midnight Terrors podcast. We'll see you all again soon. Peace.